Matthew 25, verse 1. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were wise, five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know not, you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Let's go to the Lord in prayer before we go any further. Father, I come to you once again. And Lord, we've read your scripture today. Lord, we just ask that you come right now, that your anointing would be here. Lord, that I'd be able to speak not from my own mind and heart, Lord, but that that it would be your words, that you'd give me the words you want me to say. Lord, I, I take this very serious. I don't do it lightly, Father. I don't even dare stand behind this pulpit and try to speak my own words, God. I ask that you move now, that you would take charge, that you would prepare the hearts and minds of those that are here to hear this word and receive it into their hearts, Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Alright, so we got this parable of the ten virgins. We've got five that were wise, five that were foolish. What do y'all think this... represents to us. You know, Jesus explained it pretty good in that last verse, what He's talking about. Verse 13 there, He says, Watch therefore, for you know not the date, nor the hour, when the Son of Man cometh. So, this is a a parable that is trying to help explain to us about Jesus' return and how we should be prepared. See, you had these five wise virgins that not only took their lamp full of oil. Do y'all know how that lamp worked? You know, we don't see this today. We don't understand it, really. Even, you know, when I was a kid, we had those old little uh, kerosene lamps or whatever that we'd use if the lights went out. But they had to fill these lamps with oil and had a little wick. And as it would burn the oil, you know, they would have to sometimes cut the trim the wick, wick off as it burned the had the ash left and stuff. And it was it ran out of oil, guess what? Fire went out, right? No light. So you'd have to refill it. Real simple device. 
So you had these five wise virgins that took their lamp full of oil. They filled it up. Nobody said how long you're going to be there, right? You might want to take enough to make it through the night, right? So they took that and they knew that wasn't going to last long enough. So what they do? They, they took some extra. They had an external source of oil. See, you couldn't keep enough in the lamp to get you through the night. So they had to take extra. And I want you to think about this also. If they wouldn't have taken that extra, wouldn't have had this extra supply of oil, could they have done anything to somehow make oil appear in this lamp? They couldn't have wished for it. They couldn't have... uh, You couldn't have poured dirt in there and burned that. You couldn't have spit into it and burned that. Had to have oil, right? Had to have something that would burn. Even putting wood in there wouldn't have worked the same way. Okay? So you had to have that external source so that you could refill this lamp. Now you have the five foolish virgins. They filled their lamp up, right? That's smart. But they didn't think far enough ahead to think, hey, this may take a while. We may be there for a while. We're going to need something else besides just what we have in this lamp to get us through the night. They just said, hey, I'm full. I'm good, right? No, that's not. Right? That's not being very wise. It's not thinking ahead. So, what does this oil symbolize? It oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit. You know, we we when we're saved, our lamp is full. Our lamp gets filled, right? But there comes a point when salvation alone is not enough to get you through life. Did I say you're going to hell? No. That's not what I said. Salvation alone is not enough to get you through life. You need this external source of power. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said He was going to send us a comforter, right? That that oil always symbolizes the Holy Spirit. So these wise virgins, not only did they have salvation, but as the night progressed, as life progressed, their lamp went out. And you know what? I would venture to say that some of them may have said, you know what, I'm probably getting a little low on oil. I might need to refill it. Y'all know that they didn't have matches? They didn't have big lighters? It wasn't an easy task to light something. It wasn't just a simple and light it. You know, it was effort. So some of them probably said, you know what, I don't want to go through the trouble of having to relight this thing again. I'm going to refill it beforehand. Makes sense, right? Man, that's, didn't Jesus do a wonderful job 
of explaining something to us. See, if you look at this, you can say, as a Christian, I'm saved. I don't want to wait till I'm just bone dry and my fire has went out to have to come back to God and say, God, will you refill me now? Because you're going to have to. You're going to need a refill. You're going to need a a touch from an external source, something that can be poured into you at some point in your life to make it through so that you can be a victorious Christian. Does that mean you won't be a Christian? No. You know what? Those virgins were still virgins. But what did they miss? They missed when He came. They missed their opportunity. When He was ready for them, they weren't ready for Him. So I want you to look at these five virgins without extra oil. What do they symbolize? They symbolize a Christian. I'm just going to read off my notes here for a minute. Christians that were initially excited about God, but somewhere along the way, never bothered to be refilled, and eventually stopped seeking Him. How many of y'all have ever gotten to that point in your life? When you just said, you just kind of wrapped up in, in everything that's going on, and all of a sudden one day you realize, man, I'm empty. Hopefully, At that point where you realize that, you didn't just keep running on empty. You turned back to God. But see, we've got people today, and look, I'm not trying to run these people down, because I've been in that situation. I've been there. But we we have Christians to see on the outside, what do they look like? They look like Christians. Right? You couldn't look at these five virgins and distinguish by looking at them which one was wise and which one was foolish. They were virgins. We have Christians today that look like Christians. But what's going on inside them? They're empty, man. They're running on empty. They're dry. They're just, they need something and they may not even really realize it. See, these foolish virgins didn't realize they needed something until when? (laughs) Until he called. Until it was time to go and then. We don't have any oil. So, I know all of us probably know people like that. If you're not like that yourself, you probably know somebody like that. They're just carnal Christians. They're just going through the motions. I I was saved. What else is there? Right? And it may be out of ignorance. They may not know that they need more. You couldn't say these five foolish versions were necessarily stupid. See, if you were to say, hey, foolish virgin, what would you do when you run out of oil? They would say, oh, well, we need more oil. See, it's not that they're stupid. It's not that they don't have the capacity to understand it. They're just foolish. When the time comes and they need it, they'll say, hey, I've got to go get some oil. So carnal Christians can operate under their own strength during good times. Right? Think about that now. It doesn't take a whole lot to operate as a Christian during good times. 
But what happens when trials and tribulations come? Man, they're, they don't know what to do. They're running around saying, hey, can you help me? Can you help me? You need to go get some oil, right? That's what you need to get through. You don't need to come to me to help you. You need to be refilled inside. I'm not talking about just worldly things happen. I'm talking about it. all kinds of spiritual trials and tribulations come up as well. You say, where am I going with this? I know. Sometimes I. it seems like I'm just wandering around. But listen to me today. <clears throat> I want you to think about this in a, a little bit bigger picture. If it was a yes or no question, what are the wise virgins saying to the bridegroom when he calls on them and they're prepared? They're saying yes, right? And what are the foolish virgins saying when he calls on them and in effect they don't answer, right? Because they can't come to him. They don't have oil in their lamp. They don't have a way to see how to go in the dark. What are they in effect saying when He calls on them and they don't respond and they don't come and show up? In effect, they're saying no, right? I know that's, that's the most base, simple explanation of it. And I know we can go a whole lot deeper. That's not where I want to go today. I want you to see, church, that the bride of Christ needs to be saying yes the bride of, it's time that the bride of Christ, the church of God, stand up and say, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm ready, God. Yes, whatever you want me to do. Yes, Lord. This is a good time to tell you this because my wife just left. But my wife kind of got on, on to me some this week. <clears throat> she had asked me a question. And, and I said, No, I don't want to do that. And she said, why is it that you always seem to want to say no? Why do you say no so much? And I begin to think about it. And you know, there, there are a lot of times that I already have a justification in my mind of why I want to say no. Before I've really heard and thought out her reasons for wanting to do whatever it is she's doing. It may be buying something for the kids. It may be going and doing something, whatever. But I do have a tendency to say no more than I say yes. I'm not saying I'm always wrong. But I begin to think about it. And you know, some of the stuff that I say no to really doesn't matter. And if I would maybe hold off a little bit, weigh things a little more, I might change my answer from no to if that's what you want to do. Which is basically yes. So how does that how does that play in to our Christian life? I want you to understand that God is calling his people all the time. He's always calling you. He's always He's always romancing you. He's always dating you. He's trying to 
trying to just woo your heart, you know. Y'all remember how it felt when you, maybe you, you first started dating somebody and you're just kind of giddy inside. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe before it was really love, you know. But you're just kind of excited. And then when you realize that you actually love someone, it's, it's just unexplainable. I can't even put it in words. But there's just something inside you that just wells up inside. And it's just over, it's like it's just overflowing. Every time you're in their presence, you just, man, you just love to be with them, right? You see, that's what God is always trying to do. Even, even those that are already saved, He's always trying to just, just romance you and get you to want Him, right? He's always calling to you, putting something uh, in front of you that would make you want to desire Him more. So quit saying no, church. Say yes to Him. See, it's time to say yes. It's time to, it's time to forget about all the other stuff that gets in your way. I'm not here to preach to you about coming to church more often. I'm not here to preach to you today about tithing regularly. I'm not here to preach to you today about religion, okay? That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about your personal relationship with God. The one that I can't judge looking at you on the outside. The one that nobody else can judge because they don't really know what's going on between you and God. What I'm talking to you about today is that personal one-on-one relationship. Say yes to God. Say yes to Him. Listen, He's crying out to you. He's always calling you. If you're one of those Christians that has, has been like the foolish virgin and you're running on empty, listen, He's calling out to you today. He's saying, come, come. Say yes to Him. Quit saying no. And you may, you may be sitting there thinking, I don't, I don't say no to God. But do you? What are you really saying when, when you don't want to grow that relationship any? When you're totally happy with your carnal lifestyle? What are you really saying when the things of the world get in the way and you would much rather do that than to do anything with God? What are you really saying to Him? You're saying no. You're rejecting Him. You're saying, God, I don't want to spend the time it takes to, to think this out and prepare for Your coming. I don't really want to think about all that. I just want to kind of go with the flow. I've got my lamp, God. I'm saved. Isn't that enough? But He's saying, no, that's not enough. He's saying, what are you going to do when I come? What are you going to do when I really come for my people? And, and you're sitting there with the empty lamp. I'm not here to preach to you today about once saved, always saved. I don't even want to get into that. But that parable kind of seems to indicate something to me. It kind of indicates to me that you don't want to play with that. Okay? Because see, I'm not 100% sure either way um, whether or not you can lose your salvation. I kind of lean toward the side that under extreme circumstances you can, but... I'm not going to debate that. Okay? It really doesn't matter either way. I know where I'm going. Right? I don't want to flirt with that. 
don't want to play with it. I don't want to get up right next to the edge and see just how far I can go without falling off. I don't want to jump out of the hand of God. So where are you going to be when He calls? What are you going to be doing when God comes back? I want you all to get get this in your heart today. I want you to understand it. And I know that sometimes I don't come across very good, but God's speaking to somebody right now. He's speaking to you. He's calling to you right now. He's saying, just, just come back to me. Come back to me where, where you are right now. That's all you have to do is say, yes, God. Yes. God, I'm tired of saying no. I want to say yes. I was over here praying last night. And I don't even know what the question was. But I started saying yes. I said, yes, God. Yes, here I am. Yes, God. I want to say yes to you, Master. Lord, whatever you want. I don't, I don't even know. I don't have to know what it is right now. Yes, God. See, that's the kind of God we serve. We don't have to worry about what the question's going to be. <laughs> Y'all ever have somebody say, hey, will you do me a favor? And you say, well, it depends. Depends on what it is, Right? I don't want to just say yes to anything because Jerry may ask me that and then Jerry wants me to come uh, put blocks under his house or something. I mean, come on. Jerry wants me to come help him take a transmission out of his car. Wait a minute. Well, it depends on what it is, right? See, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff with God because everything He's going to ask of me, listen, not only is it a good thing, but it's for my best. God don't give me anything that's bad. God don't put anything on me that's going to hurt me in some way. It may change me. And it may hurt a little bit, but it's not going to damage me. That hurt is just a purging. So see, my answer to God can and should always be, yes, yes, God. You know what this means that has to happen? There has to be an attitude shift. There has to be an attitude change in you. When you go from to yes, God. Something has to change, right? It's real easy to say no, (laughs) y'all. No's kind of the safe answer. We don't have to listen any further. We don't have to figure out. We don't have to do any kind of thinking. We just say, no, nah, I don't want to do that. No, it's okay. I'm fine the way I am. Right? And that's what a lot of Christians want to say. That's okay, God. I'm fine the way I am. I'm fine the way I am, God. What were those five virgins saying when they first went out? Got my oil, got my lamb. Everything's fine. Until... They ran out of oil. And they realized, I'm not fine. What would have happened if the bridegroom didn't call till morning? They woke up, sun's out, I'm fine. Now think about that. See, as long as it's good times, as long as the sun's out, everything's okay. I don't need to be filled. I can get through this thing on my own, under my own strength, under my own power. I don't, I don't have to worry about having this 
external source of oil because, hey, there's plenty of light outside. Right? And then darkness comes. Troubling times come in your life and you don't have a clue what needs to happen. You're running around like a foolish virgin. Hey, y'all have any oil? Y'all have any oil? Go buy some. That's what you need to do. You ain't getting my oil. Because then I won't have enough. That would be crazy of me to give everything I have to you and then I don't have enough to get through. I took the time to be prepared. Right? Let's don't get too haughty. But y'all see what I'm saying? I spent my time building a relationship with God. I'm not going to let you come and steal that away. I took the steps necessary. I made the sacrifices I needed to make to get to where I am with God. I'm not just going to give that up to you so that you could have wasted your time doing what you want to do and then come in at the last minute. That's not what I'm going to do. It's not what the wise virgins did. They were prepared. So bride of Christ, quit saying no. You say, how am I saying no? You're saying no because you're not doing it. You're not doing anything. You're, you're sitting there making it through life. Man, it's a miserable existence, you new guys. I've been on both sides of it, man. And I know which side I prefer to be on. Is it easier to be on the other side? Yeah. It's easy to say no and just cruise along. But is it more pleasurable in the end? No. Listen, it's not. I'll read one more scripture to you today. See, I envision this whole thing going a different direction, but God's got other plans. So He's, he's talking to somebody right now. 2 Timothy 4 and 8 says, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing. This ties right into that last verse I read you in Matthew. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So you see, there's going to come a day where I'm going to receive a crown of righteousness. Praise God. Crown of righteousness. Man, I I can't even imagine what that's going to look like. It's got to be good, right? He's going to hand it to me. He's going to say, come on in. That's going to be some wonderful words, y'all. Y'all just just imagine that for a minute. Look, I'm trying to... I want you to just... Let's just relax, okay? Let's get out of church mode. Think about this now. It's just me and you talking. What's it going to be like when, when He calls you? And you get there, and just try to draw the picture in your head. And He says, come on in. Man. <laughs> that does something inside of me, y'all. When He's just, come on in, man. Come in. Imagine the other side of that. When you walk in and he says, I don't know who you are. Bye. 
But God, but God, don't you remember? Sorry. I don't want to be like that. I don't even want to come close to risking that. But look at the other side of it, man. When He welcomes you in and He says, He doesn't only say, come on in. He says, here's your crown of righteousness. Puts a robe on you. To see Jesus, to stand in front of Him and just fall at His feet, man. And to, while I'm sitting there looking at His feet, to see those holes in His feet and to know what He did. I mean, to see Him and touch Him in flesh, what that's going to be like. Why do we not want more of God? You see, because that's what we do. We, we put God off and, oh God, i got so much going on right now. I'm just so busy. I'm tired, God. Oh God, I don't have time to read right now. I just, I'm just so tired. I've had a long day. You know, you know, God. You saw what I've been going through today. I know. He's disappointed. I don't want to disappoint God. I'm not here to preach to you about you, be, you need to be a better Christian, y'all. I'm not here to beat you up today. Not at all. That's not my objective. I want you to just change your attitude. I want you to look into into your relationship with God and I want you to start saying, yes. Yes, God. Start thinking about what is it that He's asking me today? What is He wanting me to do? What What do I need to examine about myself? What do I need to possibly change or do differently or, or talk differently? What do I need to do to, to say yes to Him? Because I guarantee you He's asking you something. I guarantee you He's calling you to something. I guarantee you He's directing you down a certain path. And what do we do? We stonewall Him. We don't, we don't necessarily say, no, God, I'm not going to do that. But what do we do? I just don't want to address the issue. If I ignore it, maybe it'll go away. Right? I guarantee you, if, if, the, if the church today, the bride of Christ, would start saying, yes, God... You know how many people would be preachers? How many people would be missionaries? How many people would be evangelists? How many people would be doing wonderful things for the kingdom of God? If they would just quit ignoring it and saying no to God and start saying yes. And you know what would happen then? Mass revival would take place if people would start saying yes, God. Yes. You know why God doesn't move? Because we don't want Him to. As you know what happens when God moves? I get uncomfortable. And I have to change. I have to look at myself. I have to clean myself up. I have to get rid of things that I really enjoy doing. I have to get rid of people that I really enjoy being around because I don't want to say yes. Yes, God. That's, that's all we have to do. Man, it's so simple. It's so simple. It's not complicated. You just start saying yes. 
Y'all ever seen a movie called The Yes Man? It's a relatively new movie. It has Jim Carrey in it. It's crazy. Typical Jim Carrey fashion. But what happens is that he's always saying no. And somebody talks with him. I can't remember every little detail of the movie, but basically they say, look, from now on, no matter what, you need to say yes. So it starts out with little things. Yeah, I'll go get the mail for you. Yes, I'll I'll loan you some money. And before you know it, it blows up and people are asking just crazy stuff. But the bottom line is that's how it has to start. You just start saying yes, okay? You just start saying yes to God. Don't worry about, is He going to later on ask me something that's just so crazy that I'm not going to want to do that? I'm not going to be able to do it or whatever. Don't worry about that right now. Start with those little things that God's been asking you. He's been after you for a long time. And start saying yes to Him. Yes, God. That's how you get filled. That's how you receive from God as you say yes to Him and not later on, maybe later, when I have more time, when I'm more rested, when I have a little bit better financial situation. You start saying yes now, where you are. See, that's how you come to Christ initially, right? When you're saved, you don't come because you've got everything sorted out in your life and now's a good time. You come because there's no other way. You come because you realize all of a sudden that He is the only way and that He's paid a price for your sins. And you ask Him to come in and and forgive you and to cleanse you. That's, That's the only way you come to Him. You just begin to say, yes. Yes, God. See, it's already there. It's waiting on you. It's a gift. All you have to do is say, yes. It doesn't change after that. It doesn't change. All you have to do, God, yes, God. Yes, God. Why do we do that? Why do we say yes? You know why I say yes to Him? Because I'm really afraid to say no. I say yes to Him because He's the all-powerful God. And He holds me in His hand. And I would sure hate for Him to want to crush me. I don't want to be broken. I've been broken before. But that's not the only reason I say yes. I also say yes because I love Him. I don't want to see Him disappointed. I don't want to hurt Him in any way. I don't want to feel that... You ever you ever hurt somebody... And then, see, it didn't really hurt you, it hurt them. And then you're in their presence, and you can just sense this, man, they do not like me very much right now. And they may even say, that's okay, I forgive you, but you can tell there's still something wrong, right? It's because you've disappointed them, you've hurt them. I don't want... God to be like that around me. I want there to be comfortable uh, feeling around God. I want there to be a presence when I want Him to welcome me, not keep me at arm's length. Last thing I want to do is hurt my Jesus. 
The last thing I want to do is to tear that relationship down. I still do sometimes. But I want to say yes, not no.